Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. How's everybody doing? Now, before we get started today, I want to thank all our international listeners for listening in. You know, I've been watching you guys for a very long time. We've had eight seasons of the show. We've been on for 10 years now. I want to thank a bunch of you. From Australia to New Zealand to Malaysia. I mean, come on, Malaysia? The Philippines? Russia? Japan? Belarus? Belarus? Now, somebody from Belarus, please give me a call. Poland? Germany, Italy, that's not a surprise to me, I'll be honest with you, France, the UK, which is, other than Canada, one of our biggest listeners, Ireland, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Canada. Now, the place that is not listening is Mexico. I don't understand that. I wish we can uh, have a reprieve from that. It's that situation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. But I thank you all for, for listening in. I saw the United or the International listeners just grow and grow and grow for these years. And I want to send a shout out, a, a thank you for listening to the show. You guys make up a big part of the show. I appreciate it. Today we have a special show. We have Christine Moore. She has two movies that came out on Netflix. We're going to talk to her about that a little later on in the show. First, we're going to cover most of her career. I remember seeing her at Mad TV and that 70s show. What a great human being. Can't, can't wait to bring her on. As a matter of fact, I see her on the line right now. I don't think we should keep her waiting. Let's give her a little bit of the clap track, don't you think? Everybody should come on the show with a little clap track, don't you think, Christine? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, you know, I can't complain. I, I think I'm probably it's probably as good as it gets. You know, I'm I'm isolated. I'm quarantined, but I'm healthy. My family's good. healthy. Well, that's what I wanted to say before before we get started. How how are you and your family doing during this quarantine time? You know, again, can't complain. We're all healthy, yeah. and you know, we're in California, so the weather is nice. Um, we can go yeah. outside. Uh, you know, I just think it's it's just a mental game, really. Right. At, thankfully, right. at this point, you know, it's just staying staying. Um, the right amount of squirrely, 
you know, like right. you don't get over into being a little banana. <laughs> Do you think this proves that a lot of us would not be ready for the space game? We would not be ready to be astronauts? Oh, there's no point. I, there's, I have never wanted to be an astronaut. I don't like Absolutely not. Now, I would say, like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a stepdaughter who I yeah. usually refer to as my kid. Uh, yeah. She'd love it. This is so her jam. Really? She likes, yeah, she's the introvert. She's thriving. Like, yeah, she likes quiet. She likes the lack of kind of social engagement. She's got her own schedule. She's ready for the script. Now, well, let me ask not. you, is, is that her age and her mood of her age, or is that just her as a person? No, I think it's, I think it's definitely her as a person because I think, you know, she has a couple really good friends, and they're just infinitely more social. You know, they're right. the ones saying, like, can we, can we, like, you know, whatever, what's the word, six feet Come away, visit. walk, yeah. you know, can we get together in the backyard, can <laughs> we, you know, they're those types right. where, yeah, no, she's just a, she's just a more um, self-contained kind of cat. Right. Well, you just had a birthday in April. What was, what was it oh, like having you. a birthday in quarantine? Happy birthday, by the way. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it was great. My uh, my family were they were very sweet. Lots of homemade decorations. Nice. Um, you know, I I went out for a walk and came back. I was thoroughly surprised, and you know, it was <laughs> nice. It was it was um it was okay. How are you right. doing in quarantine? I'm doing I'm doing well. This is you know like 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 your um like your kid. This is my jam. <laughs> you know you know I know you're a writer as well. You know as a writer myself, I this is just I like to stay in. I like to read my books. I like to write my stuff. Um, this is my jam. Yeah, I like it a lot. Okay. Yeah, but it does get weird. I'll be honest with you. You know when I walk around and I do I do like going for my walks and I don't see people with masks on. It does give me some kind of anger, some kind of weird anger. Like, why aren't you wearing a mask? Like, please wear a mask. And, and I, I, I have a sense of walking across the street and just staying away from them. Because as, as much as I feel like I feel very healthy, and even if I got the coronavirus, I don't think, I don't think anything bad would happen to me. I don't want to get it, and I don't want to die, even if you do want to get your coffee. Yeah, you know what's funny? I think it's going to become a little bit of a, I wonder what I want to say. It's like when I went, I went to the tour of the military in Afghanistan, and what was so remarkable yeah. to me was that in a uniform society, your rank, your badge, your accomplishments, they're all on your sleeve. So there's not a lot right. of question about who you are. And I wonder with masks, like, I I'm like I don't get angry, but I will steer clear because right. in my mind I'm like, are you the kind of person that also is you know licking doorknobs? Like, are you right. the kind of person that sneezes all right. over a countertop? Like me, like because that's where I mean, for me, I wear a mask so that I don't touch my own face and I don't right. whatever I might have. I I mean, I heard very early on assume that you're a silent carrier. Right, right. Accordingly. Assume right. that you're contagious and behave accordingly. And that made right. it very easy for me to, like, 
stop touching my neighbor's kid, you know, right. which I, I like, put a mask on, like, open the, like, don't open the door and hug the mailman. It's like, no, assume that you have it. And then how would you yeah. behave so that you don't get other people sick? But well, I, I got to be honest, Chris. Who are, you know, very right. bold about that. Well, I got to be honest, Christine, you know, full disclosure, I, I worked for the military for 27 years and in, in, in the police department for, for over 30 years. And, you know, there's a boldness oh, wow. of, you know, when you're when you're involved in those fields, there's a boldness that you don't feel like you're touchable. So you you might wear a mask, you might not wear a mask. It, you feel almost untouchable and what have you. Now, I've been out of that for, for just a short period, just a really a blip of time. And now I feel a little prissy. Where it's like I want I don't want anybody to touch me I I I have survived all of that please let oh, me survive okay. a little longer if that makes sense to you it's like I survived that can I, can I please survive a little bit longer <laughs> well I would also wonder if there's a part of you that's like did my luck run out you know I was yes surviving all of that but at some yes. point when when is it like enough's enough like I've had enough right. of my yeah, my good luck. Like it's and now it's like I now it's up to me. Like I've thrown myself in harm's way right. as much as possible, and now I need right. to keep you know. Behave. I think I think I think you said it. Pro- I think you're a very good writer. I think you said it properly. You, you've not you've not always lived in L.A. You were you're Illinois born, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a Chicago kid. Mm-hmm. You are a Chicago kid. Now, uh, let me let me ask you a question before we get started on on, on your childhood and where you came from. Uh, is it lasagna or is it pizza? Pizza. pizza okay. All day. Okay. <laughs> because mm-hmm. your 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 pizza out there does taste a lot like lasagna. I got to tell you. Oh, how funny! Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing pizza, but it's not like what you would normally know as pizza. And I, you know, I did use my hands, by the way, when I ate it. No way. How? Oh, I, I would eat like two. I, mean, I would eat like two or three bites, and then I would use my hand. Okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've only ever. I don't know if I've ever. Maybe at the very end, you could pick up right. a deep dish, like when it's basically right. a triangle trough of food. Right. But when right. it's the, like when it's just like gooing all over the place and the right. you know, I no, I think then I'm a very big, uh, yeah, fork and right. knife kind of gal. Now, now you're growing up in Chicago in the 1970s. You know, we don't have a lot of channels. We have like maybe five to six channels going on there. Right. What, what shows are you watching during that time that inspire you to want to be an actress? A, well, yeah, I know Chicago is known for its comedy, but what is it about Chicago in the 70s that makes you want to be an actress and a writer and a producer? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> mm. uh, no, I didn't find it. I didn't find my love of theater really until high school. And it's a, okay. I went because a friend of mine was like, Oh, there's a, you know, there's a musical at the, the community theater, downtown Palatine in the summer. Like I want to go and audition and will you go with me? And I'd taken dance classes and singing classes, but it, I, you know, I was a pretty studious kid, really heavy academic. Mm. And so I, but I went and I was totally transformed by that summer because it right. was it was 
kids my own age, like high schoolers, but it was also college students home for the summer and then just some grown-ups, some people that right. liked doing theater. But we, I mean, it's the typical, right? You put a plan on a barn. Like, everybody painted the sets. You brought in your own costumes. You, you know, you rehearsed. And I just was like, I can't get enough of this. This community, right. this family, that's really what it was. Something, something yeah, greater you know, than you. Yeah. It was a group effort towards hmm. a singular goal and the fact that, you know, even Chicago has, you know, all kinds of different whatever right. flavors and pockets. And there's sure. pockets that are heftily conservative. And that's kind of where I had grown up. And I was so thrilled about all the Island of Misfit toys. I was like, this is where I belong. <laughs> like, I like all the, the colors and the creeps right. and the sexual right. orientations. And right. I was just like, yes, more, more of this. I like this freak show. And this is where you, I belong. You sound like you were you're born to be in LA, by the way, the way you're speaking right now. That's <laughs> as, as hilarious to me. So you, you, you're in Illinois and, and you're going through your thing, but you, but you graduate with, with a, a uh, with a center in, in, uh, in, uh, in acting, in, in performance. Yeah. Yeah. I did get a BFA from Illinois Wesleyan university. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting. So, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Again, I'm from Chicago, I'm from Illinois. So my dad was like, you can go, you can't go to a conservatory and you can't, you have to do a four-year degree and you have to graduate in four years, but, like, it can be whatever, it has to be a real thing. Right. And, you know, so that's what I did. Was that, impo was that important to them? Was that important to your father and your mother to, to, for you to get that four-year degree, for you to get that education, for you to, for you to do that? Oh, God, yeah, it was imperative. It was also a big deal to me. I never thought that I wouldn't go to college. Right. Like, and that was the thing. I was such an academic kid, and I really loved learning. And, you know, my dad was also just a pretty pretty strict kind of hard-ass guy and he, and he really wasn't pulling punches so oh yeah it was like well you can go to college and again and he was offering to pay for it which is a, like That's fantastic but, yeah you know you can go to college and you have to graduate in four years and anything you get less than a b you have to pay me back for and if you don't want to go to college Jeez. i'm going to find out what the rents are in this neighborhood and i'm going to charge you to live in your own bedroom Okay. I, you know, but again, it was kind of like, oh, don't worry, buddy. I want nothing but to get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was his occupation that he was such a hard ass? He was post-military. Ah. Uh. He, he grew up in the South. He was a um, he was a chemical engineer, but really was like a wow. traveling oil salesman. He just sure. Was, that's just kind of who he was. He right. was like a strict kind of dude. Did you guys have like a tempestuous but, relationship? No. No, no? I was I, mean, I was a good kid. I and with him like I and I think it's, you know, whatever. Maybe it was my personality. Like right. he was consistent. He just, you just right. knew. So it's like here's the rules, here's the lines, you can color right. within them and if you if you need to go color outside of the lines, you better keep a good secret you know what i mean like <laughs> it, 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 don't get found out 
Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He does sound like a 70s father. I'll tell you that much. Right? Exactly. Yeah. If you watch that 70s show, yeah, yeah. he's totally red foreman. And my mom was a little bit, you know, the mom. Just like, ah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the ma'am. The ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. So so did you did you want to go into the industry as a serious actress? Did you want to go in as a co- comedic actress? How did you want to go into the field? Oh, boy. I, you know, I don't think I really gave it a lot of thought, if I'm honest. I mean, I was, I was a musical theater major, and then I had a really severely kind of broken ankle that ended my dancing career, or at least put it on such a pause that I was like, you oh, know geez. what? I don't know that I'm good and I don't know that I can be that competitive, but I know right. that I want to, I want to, again, it was all about the family. Like right. we can be doing something serious. We can be doing something funny. I just know that that's what I want to be a part of. And again, when you right. first are starting out, it's like, well, anybody that will throw me a bone. And when you've never been on a set, I mean, I remember doing a Japanese beer commercial and, you know, there's hundreds of people. We're all in kind of weird Halloween costumes. Brad wow. Pitt was the spokesperson. Like, wow. And I think I was getting like $200 cash for the day, like under the table. But like at that point, that was high. Art. That's a lot of money. I yeah. I've never been like, I didn't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I honor people that are, you know, I only want to do stereo. It's kind of like just to be invited to the party and you've never right. been before a right. silly beer commercial feels like Macbeth <laughs> or just your head is exploding. Right. All the people, all the cameras, all the crew craft service, like whew, it was right. amazing. That's fantastic. So what, what, what brought you into, because you did start with, you know, uh, like Beverly Hills, 90210, and you went into Married mm-hmm. with Children, which is which is one of the very first shows that was shown on Fox. A great show. I went to school with David Faustino. Uh, so oh, I, I really, yeah, so I, I saw every single one of those episodes. What was it like working on that show? I can't, I mean, it's, I wish I could say I have an active memory of it. <laughs> I think because I don't remember, I'm sure it was, you know, it was nice. Like, right, like, you know, 20 yeah. years later you'd remember the the hard things. So I think it was fine. I think it was fun. I think they were nice to me. I I think I was probably just completely twinkle dusted that I was hired and on a set. I so right. You, yeah, you worked a on a lot of those early memories are yeah. are pretty vague. I I think it was right. just like pinch me you know you're kind of hovering even above yourself like one part scared shitless that you're going to not do well right one part i can't believe that i'm here one part oh my god this is so cool you know so and then oh action did i not suck great oh wee. Like, well you you worked on a lot of shows of the day that were prime time like like wings yeah. and what have you you know you, you worked on a lot of Unhappily Ever After, you worked on a lot of shows that people were watching. I mean, these were watched yeah. shows. These weren't shows on TBS or some vague channel. So your career really did start off with a boom. So how did it feel? Go ahead. Oh, it never felt like 
I mean, that's what's so funny is it never felt like boom because it's right. You don't know what to expect, right? I mean, I think hindsight always is twenty twenty. Like you can't see where you are in the race, and I, that's something that I love to remind myself of whenever things feel like they're really slow or like oh, I just can't catch a break. It's like you can't see where you are. You don't. It's so. And similarly, when you're when you're whatever quote unquote flying high, like for me, that was that was just the grace and kindness of a couple casting directors. All of those shows were shot on the Warner Brothers lot, and in the olden right. days, all the casting directors were in one building. It was building one forty, right. and there was like fourteen offices up and down one <laughs> hallway. I remember, and I yeah, and I went in. And I auditioned for one person who then at lunch was like, hey, there's this new girl in town. Like, she's pretty decent. She's okay with comedy. And that was Just Shoot Me, um, Suddenly Susan, Friend. Like, it was just up that whole hallway. Right. And it landed with a guy named Ted Hand who was casting Hyperion Bay, which was my first like full <laughs> series regular. But right. it was all just a it was all a role. You know, right. it was just like it was the grace and kindness of these casting directors that kept me in the mix from, you know, just like the new kid in town. So right. I yeah, and you know, but what's funny is that whole time I was still waiting tables. I mean I think there's always a Mr.'s mm-hmm. all get paid a trillion right. dollars. You know, I think if I'm not, if, I'm, if memory serves, I think like a week on friends was $700, which yeah. if I was waiting tables, I made like 250 a week. So it was right. like cool, but right. it wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm going to go buy a private jet and leave my apartment <laughs> and quit my night job. It was right. Like, one of those a month just kind of kept the lights on. It's so, it so amazing. Like, yeah, it's until I got a series regular. Like I waited tables for five years, like yeah. while I was on Friends and Suddenly Susan and Just Shoot Me and Nine Hundred Two One Zero and like Just Shoot Me was a, was an excellent show, by the way. Oh, I know David Spade is so funny. He's hilarious. Damn, I've always thought he's. So funny. He's hilarious, and his new his just his show right now is hilarious as well. Uh, he he's mm-hmm. a really just a funny, funny person. He is, and he's a very he's a very nice guy. Like yeah. I I found him to be like if you ask me like oh how was that like I really enjoyed working on that show. I thought he was just a delight. Yeah, the, the, and you know, like it, Brooke Shields and yeah, they were oh, all Brooke Shields. Just, How was it like working right. with Brooke Shields? Because you know, I, I, you know, we both grew up watching her and everything she did, and uh, she, she's always been like an angel. Um, you know, to a I lot think of us, she really kind of is. I think she's just a a genuinely good person. Like she was hmm. very, she was the lead. She was kind. She was inviting. She was complimentary. She was a total consummate professional. She was, yeah, I have nothing but great things to say about her. Yeah. So, so you went into this, you know, drawing of, of shows, and they just kind of threw you to the wolves and put you on all these shows and what have you. 
they're paying like seven hundred, nine hundred, a thousand dollars, or five hundred dollars an episode or a week, and what have you. Where, where did you want your career to go as your you know waiting tables and your dreaming? Oh, great, right? Um, yeah. Well, I remember. It's so funny. I I mean, I remember at the time. There were two people that I thought, ooh, that's cool. One of them was Sharon Stone, which, you know, mm-hmm. at the time was like the biggest movie star the on the biggest, planet Earth. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest movie star. Um, and I didn't even necessarily, like, watch her films. I just thought, like, wow, to be so iconic. or people. And when I waited tables and pulled my hair back, there were some people that were like, oh, you look like her, as if. But anyway. Really? And there was also Gwyneth Paltrow at the time. Huh. was like the Shakespeare in love was happening. And oh, yeah. you know, I just thought like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. That I, could, that I can see. Because you both have Disney eyes. So that, that I can <laughs> see. Because you both have those big eyes, the Disney eyes. You know, but if I'm honest, like I really, again, I really enjoyed and I've always thought like I would love to be on a TV show for multiple seasons like again it's the family it's the camaraderie Mm. it's that sense of teamwork so even I mean I'm again back then like ooh, Gwyneth Paltrow that's so fancy she's so cool oh that's a cool movie oh you know Sharon Stone but really it was like going on the set of friends and watching them have such shorthand and their days, their rehearsal days were so short because they just kind of knew it and they knew each other and they were such a support system. And I think I was like, Oh, sign me up coach. Like that would be great. Right. Did you find when you worked on mad TV, did you, did you find a sense of that? Oh, loved it. Yes. Loved it loved every second of that yeah yeah and that came because i was doing after kind of an early success start i had a couple series in a row and then as is want for all creative careers well not all i guess some people just never stop working but in general it's like they go in fits and starts so i'd had a bunch of series and then like just kind of couldn't get arrested for a year and a half and you know, and so some girlfriends and I put together a group called Bitches Funny, and we did we did sketch, <laughs> and we we wrote all of our own stuff, and we performed in New York, and we performed in L.A., and that was right. how I got the audition for Mad TV because the casting director went out and saw live comedy, so it was kind of like without knowing, I mean, I manifested it. Like I was doing it in my own personal life as a way to just keep from feeling sad or being weird or, you know, being desperate, which, cause that's just never going to work for you. So if I can stop you real fast, Christine, you you know, if I can tell the audience, we have a couple thousand people listening right now. Uh, This is how I know you. (laughs) No, we, we have about, let me see. We have 3,700 people listening right now. Uh, this is this is how I know you. I know you from Mad TV. So I first saw saw you on that. Yeah. yeah. So you you were, please continue your story. No, I just think um, yeah. I mean that's that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to young actors is I mean young actors, middle aged actors, actors. It's like you have to 
you have to pivot. You, your your right. best bet is to stay nimble and stay um, flexible and jaunty. Right. Because, like, you know, for me, it was like, oh, nighttime soaps were kind of like my calling card. And then all of a sudden, it just, for whatever reason, like, it dries up. You're, it's not trending. They, you know, whatever is going on in the zeitgeist or you're kind of sure. in between age groups and you're not. Well, then you just go get busy. And that was when I did sketch. And after sketch, everything I did for probably the next five years was all comedy, 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 comedy. Right. As if I had been kind of knighted, like, ooh, right. you're on that TV. Of course you're funny. And right. then once again, like a drop off, 06, 07, 08. And what did I come back to do? Nighttime sofa. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it was, well, it was a nursing show, but basically it was the same thing. So it's like, and then when that kind of dried up, well, I, I got with the production company I'm with. I mean, I'm sure this, I'm jumping a couple stories, but. Yeah, you're jumping a couple stories like, here. Yeah, then write some movies and then produce movies. Anyway, so yes, you just reinvent yourself. Well, what, what was and, what, and what, what, what you're curious about? What show in your past are, are you most proud of that, that you felt most connected to? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I have to pick one. Yeah, um, just one. Oh my God, I don't know that I have one. You had Unhappily Ever After, okay. you had Iberian Bay, you had. Even Just Shoot Me is a great show. You had uh, Pasadena, uh, Mad oh, that TV. You, you, that's that's the show we're about to talk to talk about. So you, you can't choose that one, right? Um, I mean, you know, if I had to boil it all the way down, I might say Hyperion Bay hmm. simply because it was the first one. I mean, the right. most proud of, I don't know, but it was it was such a big deal for me. It was a big show. Game. Well, it was it was just a big deal for me to get in the game. It was so yeah. fun to be with a bunch of people my own age. And except hmm. for Mark Paul Gosler, everybody was kind of experiencing oh, their Gosler. first <laughs> you know, their first kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the one I'm the most proud of, but in terms of like memorable, it was a it was a game changer for me. Yeah. So I will. I'll. I, that, I have, should. I really should give that a think. I've never been asked that question before. So. You, you know, it's very interesting that you work with Mark, and then and then you worked on uh, uh, Save by, by the Bell, the new class. I know, right? Yeah. That is weird. Well, and Mark <laughs> Paul, Mark Paul, and his wife Lisa became very good friends of mine, and to this day, I'm still. She's still one of my best friends. She walked me down the aisle when I got married in 2000. Get out of here, really? So again, like talk about memorable things. Like you're young, you're kind of new to LA. Like so yeah, yeah. she's one of my I mean now she's been my friend for, you know, yeah. 20 years. But it's all you know, because of that show. One of my favorite thing on uh what what is that comedy what's that fame fav, famous comedy um link on on youtube but it's um god i don't i don't know who started it. will ferrell started the show but it, there's a show called zach morris's trash oh, <laughs> and, it goes, 
Zach Morris is trash. And it goes, it goes back on how his character was really a scumbag. <laughs> and I remember watching that show That's as a kid. I, I remember watching that kid, show as a kid, and I always thought to myself, this guy's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you think about those things when you grow up. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I know, right? No, he's just a run-of-the-mill pretty good guy. No, he's great. He's great. I, I love to watch him in, 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 in all the shows later on. I don't know if I approve of the, of, of the beard when he, when he grew out his beard for, for a lot of the, uh, the cop shows that he went out for. But uh, because, you know, he doesn't have one of those handsome faces that there's no reason to cover that, that up for anything. But uh, right. no, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really fantastic actor. And, and everything he's in, I, I sincerely watch him in. He's a great actor. What are you going to say? Yeah, he really is. He really is. Yeah. He has a, a tremendous likability and believability factor. That's really yeah. what it is. And a, sinc- and a sincerity. He has a really yeah, kind of a sincere way of acting that's, that's really hard to reproach. No, you can't. Because, and it just makes you root for him. He's got a, there's a little bit of a underdog, boyish charm, like as handsome and, you know, Right. Whatever. Like, if he's in a position of power, but it's that, like, oh, I would, I want to take care of you, or oh, I right. think that's that sincerity factor. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like he's the handsome guy who doesn't get the breaks. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's kind of how he is. plays his characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's the handsome guy who doesn't get everything he wants, and, and that's kind of it's kind of what I like about him as as an actor is that he knows how to play that field. Well, I think it is how he probably how he sees himself you know what i mean we all bring ourselves to the work to an extent right right i don't want to put words in his mouth but that's how that's what i might say let's talk about that 70s show because that that was a show that ran for a long time and an excellent group of of actors that have grown up and grown into different fields that themselves not not to say you know like we're talking about the father himself i mean he was a huge 80s star a huge 80s star that we no, saw I mean, in RoboCop and go ahead. No, a tremendous, like you talk about uh, serious talent. Like, yes. Ser- like serious acting, like not right. comedy, but like. She went into the orange, the new black. I mean, I mean, he went on to do like, you know, the ocean, Ocean's Eleven. I mean, they're, 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 they're mm-hmm. and Spider-Man. They went on the huge, huge careers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a very, that I would put as my, ooh, hardest acting gig? Probably. Hmm. Because I, I, for whatever reason, I was not aware of how popular that show was. Like, I just was not, it was not hmm. in my purview. I, Your zeitgeist, huh? I, my zeitgeist. So I knew about it, but I did not know what a, ridiculous hit it was and I had never watched it so when I got the audition I I didn't like I kind of knew like oh they're replacing somebody but it was very very secretive like you just right. got sides and you didn't they didn't want it to come out because you know the poor girl had had some drug problems and they were I remember really quiet yeah so I just got an audition 
for a slutty sister person. And right. I went, and it was just a regular, like, you audition, you audition, then you audition for more people and more people, right. and now you've got the job. And then I showed up on set, and I, we were we rehearsed, and everyone was very nice to me. And it was tape right. night, and I walked out on set to say my first line, and the right. live audience stood up and booed. Oh, my God. And started, like, rioting because I wasn't Lori. I was not oh my God. they were expecting. And the guy who was doing the, you know, the stand-up comedy tried to get the crowd under in hand, and then eventually Wilmer Valderrama, God bless him, ran over and grabbed the mic and was like, I need you guys to be nice, and, like, we have to get behind this new actress. And, right. and the whole reason... She had been. I mean, she had. That, had that was not. That was not your fault at all. That was not your fault at all. I mean, the the, the original actress was having serious, serious drug problems. She was not showing up to set. She was causing a lot of problems with a lot of a lot of the guests. She was she was causing a lot of problems with the production. She had a lot of problems herself. She needed to be gone. She needed to be in rehab, which is what she did. So that that was yeah. not your issue at all. No, it, no, I mean, again, like it, it really wasn't, but it, I had, I had no idea right. what I, like what I was walking into. Wow. He's sort of jeering you, huh? Wow. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, throughout, and, and the whole reason that they even decided to recast it was because, and for anybody who's listening, they probably already know. Yeah. But right. the Fez's character had married Lori to stay in the country because right. he was going to be deported. And they had cliffhanged an entire season on that. So they had to go back and revisit it. They couldn't just leave it like, oh, and now Lori's done her typical thing where she, you know, moved away or went. Because like, that's what they did in the past when they needed to get her out of the scene. Sure. And sure. anyway, so, you know, I just had no idea. And, you know, I was getting offers to do magazine shoots and bikini shoots and taking meetings with the head of, like, Fox movies. Like, it re- I, I just, I, nobody prepared me for what that was going to be. Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher began to date, and now it was, like, impossible to get to the set because the paparazzi were cr- like I, it was like I was launched into beaver fever, and I was like, "Wait, I've never watched this show. What is happening?" And God bless Kurtwood Smith; he was the one person who would invite me to go have lunch with him, and kind of like explained it a little bit, like just right. being a mentor, just being a grown-up. Who was like, this is what's going on? Like, just to make it okay. Because who, who did this really, again? This was Kurtwood Smith. This was. Oh dad. yeah, yeah. Kurtwood Smith is a yeah. great, great man. Yeah, just he was my savior. He was kind of like my, he was my handler, which I needed yeah. badly. That yeah. show was so so difficult. Wow. So Kurtwood pulled Sorry, you aside. He had, he had, he, I know. No, no, no. We want. I, I, no, I, we'd love hearing about this. I mean, there's, 
There's no reason why we, we can't talk about these things. But Kerr was, pulled you aside. I mean, he's a, he was a huge 80s icon. He was in a lot of great movies that we all remember from like Robocop and what have you. Always playing the bad guy. Um, but in this case, he played the good guy. Okay? And he pulled you aside. And as a mentor, he, he told you what was going on. Okay, he he was compassionate enough to know that I needed a little, I mean, you know, like a virtual hug about the situation because right. it was overwhelming. I mean, it, the fans did not ever really take to the new Lori. The set was always kind of crazy. There were, I mean, like I said, paparazzi and Demi Moore was around. Like it was right. real nutty, <laughs> nutty time. Oh my God! I remember now. I remember you're, you're bringing back mm-hmm. so many memories. Wow, Demi Moore was around. Oh my gosh! Oh, these yeah, are the crazy days. Kind of the crazy yeah, days. these are the, the crazy, crazy days. days. Wow. So, yeah, so, 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 so let, let me talk to you about that day. So that day, Wilderamus is like pulling down the the audience let them know they, they they have to they have to include you they have to be okay with you what what happens uh in that day of shooting uh we shot the show <laughs> i mean the the people like laugh and were they okay after after a while or yeah i mean yes they stopped booing they stopped hissing they stopped you know then they just enjoyed the rest of the show but it was really kind of no different for every live taping. Right. You, I mean, because it's a new audience. And they did. This was, the, sh- this was the show of like, this was the day of studio or, or studio audience interaction where studio audiences oh, really sure. interacted. Remember that? I mean, that was, it was like, it was a very weird time in live TV or, or at least a recorded yeah. TV. Well, and that was part of it, right? Because I did. I don't know, six or eight episodes, but you know, in the time that I was shooting the episodes, they the they had not aired. Nothing had aired. There was no right. press release. So every right. live audience was walking into a situation that they nobody had prepared them for. Right. And then eventually when the shows aired and then there were a couple more episodes to tape, well, then it just all kind of died down because it was like, right. oh, everybody knows there's a new Lori. Duh. That's, right. Okay. We've seen this. This is not fresh, scary, right. ridiculous. I'm, I'm really shocked that, they, that the producers did not send a press release out saying <laughs> anything about you, saying anything about what you're doing, well, you why you're doing it. You have to remember, I mean, I know that the internet, you know, started like, in the right. 90s, whatever. But, it, right. you know, unless you were like a geek, you know, I didn't get my first computer until right. I think 1999 or 2000. It's like total yeah. dial-up. So right. when I was doing this show in 2002. Like, oh, my God. You were in the Inquirer. Weren't you in the Inquirer? Yeah, you were in the Inquirer when they when they replaced her when they were talking about her drug problem. Well, I mean, <laughs> like that's how you would have found out about. Oh my God, like, that's crazy! The Inquirer, there's not Instagram, there's not Facebook, there's not right. none of that exists to get right. the word out. Right. So it's it's a, just a different time. 
Wow, that's insane. Well, I, I'm sorry you went through that. That's 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 a that's a that's a that's, that's a harsh thing to go through. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you know what? It was not. It was not easy, but it was not. I you know I lived to tell about it, and it was it was a big deal for my career in terms yeah. of like it did more for me as a comedic actor, like, right. Whatever. Raise your cue. I mean, I wrote right. that cue for four years, just sitcom right. after sitcom after like, you know, Paramount movie after it's like, it was a, it was a hot time and it was right. all, so it's like, yeah. I, well, when you hard, talk about wanting to be part of a family, when you talk about wanting to be part of a group, I mean, that's, that's like <laughs> the, that's like the anti desire right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, you know, there was a time in my career right around then too, where I, I had a little bit of like, I was not the first choice. Like I was the replacement choice. I came in when people got fired and I would say that's not my, I mean, I love to work and sometimes it's been really yummy, but when you walk into a family that already exists, it's not what I'm, it's not my fave, fave, fave. You right. want to be there at day day one, the very first lunchroom, first right. grade. You don't want to come in and fifth grade to the new school. Like it's just never going to be the same. Right. Now, let me ask you a question. What what, what did Kurt Whitsmith say to you at, at lunch? Well, he took me to lunch a lot. So, <laughs> well, just invite me. Do you want to come have lunch with me? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't remember any thing specific it was more just the way he made me feel like everything was going to be okay right and I think part of it was just acknowledging like oh yeah this is pretty bananas because again if you don't otherwise you're like am I crazy is this just totally normal but like (laughs) I'm being sensitive right it's like no to have somebody a seasoned grown-up be like no this fucking shit is insane yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I'm not imagining. This is really, <laughs> this is outer limits here. Right, right. Oh, outer. Now, that's a show that only people like you and I would know about is Outer Limits. <laughs> that was the scary version of Twilight Zone. You know, let, let's move on to uh, Without a Paddle because, you know, this brings us into Sean Piccinino area, which, you know, we'll talk later on about the two movies that you worked, or three movies that you worked on with him later on. Uh, but he actually worked with, uh, with Seth Green. But you also worked with Without a Paddle with Dax Shepard as well, which is, you know, our, yeah. you know, our, fa- with our favorite. So what was that like? Oh, my God. So Dax was the newbie on that movie. He was, yeah. he had come from Ashton, of course. So, you know, I think, did they do punk? Yes. Yeah, right? they did punk together. That was their show. Yeah. So he was not an actor, per se. Like, he was the kind of fresh discovery talent. And I remember the other girl, uh, Flower, and I was Butterfly, we were we were like, oh my God, he's a star, like yeah. he's a star, like. And I think at, I think when the movie was originally cast or made, it was like Matthew Lillard was the star, right? He was you know number one on the call sheet, and like Seth That's Green, right. and then like oh this new nerd Dax Shepard, what? And it was right. and from the minute I was like, no, Dax Shepard, what? Right, amazing. Right. 
Well, Seth, Seth Green sure. Came, Seth, go ahead. No, that job also came to me from, again, Mad TV and the 70s show. The director right. watched both of those and called really? me in. So, again, that's, yeah, I would not, that's, that's what I mean by, like, that was a gift. Because if, if you were on things that people, yeah, people like that director, I mean, he was watching punk. That's how Dax came in. Like he was right. a connoisseur of, I'm looking for young sketch comedians, like improvers. Blah, like, so, yeah, that's where we, that's how that all happened. I've been watching Seth Green since he was in Radio Days by Woody Allen. Oh, so I've been, I've been watching him nice since. Guy. Yeah, I've been watching him since he's a little boy. Sean worked with him on Ro- Robot Chicken. So that's why I made mm-hmm. that, that reference right there. But uh, Dax Shepard is such a... I love Kristen Bell so much. But to see them both together, you know, it makes you happy inside to know that two great people are <laughs> together. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. And I, lo- I, I love their I love their, uh, their blog. I really love their, uh, I love their talking. They're, they're an incredible group. Was, was it, you know, you saw a transition happened there on that movie between stars and a, oh, a yeah. new star being born. Let me ask you something about yourself privately. What is it about you? Because, you know, you, you had somebody bring you on to this movie from that 70s show. You know, I usually wait a while before I ask this question, but what is it about you that makes people want to like reach out and extend a hand and help you out in your career? What do you think? What do you think it is about you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great. I don't um say. I mean, I'm a pretty nice person. I, I mean, I think that Midwest kind of like salt of the earth. Um. I I mean, I'm a pretty. I'm a straight shooter, but I mean, I would say of course right. would. I probably just looked like a a baby, like a Bambi, like a baby, that mm. was like a fucking chick. You know what I mean? Like a baby bird that was like, oh, yeah. God, how, whoa, you need help. You know, right. I think like Steve Brill casting me in without a paddle was less about him helping me and more about like him helping himself. Like I need, I need improver, I need improv actors. Like I want this thing to be really funny. Like, right. I don't want somebody stiff. So were you, were you good at improving? Okay at it, yeah. I I'm not I'm not a and there are people who are ridiculously good, but yeah. I have good timing and I had. And you, and you never did Second with, City. No, I didn't do Second City. That's incredible. No, because I left I left Chicago right before I even graduated from college. Wow. I left. You never did Second I left City. Semester early. Yeah, you never did Second City, but you went on to a, a, a popular comedic career going on to Mad TV to that 70s show and, and people just love you for your improv. I, I, that is weird to me. That is a very strange kind of road. You know, oh, there's yeah, something. Yeah, I, have a, I have a lot of strange twists and turns in there. Certainly. Yeah. But you know, that was, some... that was because I had done the group, the bitches funny group with my girlfriend. So I had, uh-huh. I didn't go to second city, but effectively like me and my friends, you know, did second city. Right. Or groundling. Like we just, we did it our, we made it up. Our On your own. Yeah. And you, what did you call it? That that bitch is funny? 
It's bitches funny. B I T C H E S. Bitches funny. <laughs> yeah. Where can we find this? Well, you can't. That's the thing. This is all pre. Like, I mean, this is really pre the internet. Really? So this it's it's in the in the stratosphere. We can no longer find this anymore. No, because we just performed live. We went to the comedy store. We performed. Oh my god! We performed in on Avenue B in New York City. No, we it was all live performances. Wow. So there is no. I don't think there's any footage. No, I don't think there's any footage because it was all. Yeah, was we did two fully, two completely full hour long brand new shows a year. And they had a musical number opening and a musical number complete, like, and it was all sketches that we wrote and, you know, sets that we did and come with your big old fat suitcases and wigs and glasses and, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. How was, it, how was it like? I mean, when you look at the experience of Second City and Groundlings and what have you, what was that like for you? Was it a scary experience? Was it an exhilarating experience? Was it a combination of all those things? No, nothing about it was scary. It was so fun. It was so really? Fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Because okay. it was me and my best, my being my best friends, and we just—I mean—the way that we came up with ideas and the way that we wrote the sketches is just if we made each other laugh. Right. So you would come in. We we would have rehearsal once a week, and you just would come in with characters or ideas or. Oh, I, this is something I think that might be funny. And if the group yeah. was like, "Yeah, that's hilarious, great," and if it was like, "Yeah, I'm not really feeling it," you just it was over. But like again, these are your friends. Like, did did other people find it funny? It. Did did you get like you know people laughing? Did you did you get a thrill out of that? Yeah, and we did. I mean, we our soul our shows were sold out. Again, that's how the casting director came to find me to have me audition really? for Mad TV. Wow. Again, sold out in Los Angeles at the comedy store. I mean, you know, it's like for 60 60 people. But, like, it's not – I mean, that's the thing. This is all pre – I mean, I feel so old talking about it. It's all pre the Internet. Yeah, that's that's really hard to do. What you did was incredibly hard to do. Oh, thank you, I guess. I mean, you know, but that's also – I think that the I think that the hunger for it was different, right? Because if yeah. there were ten of us, if there was ten of us, we each kind of only had to invite five friends to get an audience of fifty people. And right. before the age of Netflix and Snapchat, and I mean, like nobody had right. anything to do TikTok on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you know, out. but but people, but people, people show. would, you know, for a fact, people would find something to do other than some like group project or whatever, whatever concept they would put in their minds. You know, I, I think people like yourself often displace the, the specialness of who you are in some other area because you're obviously special, which is why people came to see you, why people came and gravitated towards you. Because what you're saying and what you did is very difficult today. I, I was alive during that time, and we're, we're the same age. So, so, so that was a very – we're the exact same age. So that was a very difficult thing to do. So I'm very proud of you. That, that was, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will reframe that in my head. 
please do. Please do, because you're, spe- you're special. And that's the reason why these things keep on happening to you, is because you're special. Not because of this or some kind of nebulous reason, no, because you're special. Let's, let's move on, because let's move on to a show that I, I really love, which is True Blood. I love True Blood. Oh. I watch that show like a crazy person. Um, I watched it tw- three times at least. What was it like working on this set? And tell me it's awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, nice. It was... I've never been on a show... So here's the difference, right? True Blood knew... By the time I did the show, they knew how fancy they were. So it wasn't like a <laughs> show where I was like, I, I don't know what's happening. They knew it. And so it was... Yeah full non-disclosure agreements you cannot post it you cannot right picture like i remember you, you on the show do, yeah you can't do anything yeah and on top of it you know yeah. i had never i'd never been on a show where a showrunner had such a clear vision that like wardrobe jewelry like how really how the department was going to do your hair it all had to be approved yeah because it was and and that was what made it feel like super fancy and special because you knew like oh there's a reason why this is a hit it has right it's like there's a vision here you can, you came on after they they had a big rolling stones picture of of them covered in blood and all naked on the cover that you came on after that. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. That again, you know, it's funny. Once again, I was on a show that I didn't watch. I just, oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> you didn't watch the show. Oh, wow. I was addicted to that show. That show was addicting, addicting. Yeah. 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 And Alan Ball. So Alan Ball was the showrunner. Like I had never worked under the likes of somebody just so brilliant, but so specific. I mean, everything was by the book by him. And I, I think that's a big reason for the success of the show. Yeah. But nothing about it was random or just kind of thrown together or scattershot. How did it feel like being thrown into a show that was, you know, the, the train is moving at a hundred miles per hour, can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. It, it already has a look. It already has a, a vibe and you're just jumping onto that train. How, how does it feel to be that person? It's very much like that, that 70 right. show. Yes. Now that seventy shows, I mean, the upside is on True Blood. I'm just a new character, and right. there's always there's always kind of new characters on the periphery. So right. people were very used to welcoming somebody new, and the attention that Alan Ball gave to every dot and tittle actually made you feel very made me feel very special, very wanted very part of the you know when when you're when you're getting ready and his hair has to take a picture to send to the showrunner to see if he and he has comments and he wants it to be this way or that way you feel very important to the machine right so i it it just felt like oh this i matter this matters everything matters this is super cool oh my god i'm turning into a horse 
<laughs> you were a horse, yeah, yeah. That was a great show, man. I I, I miss that show. Yeah, I you know I guess all good things have to come to an end. I, have you watched the show since? By the way, have you? I mean, have you watched it since? Have you watched the entire season or or not? Get out of here. Oh, come on. <laughs> Anna Paquin is just magic. And that show is just magic. And, you know, when they talk about the, talking about vampires, you know, it's, it's, it could be so stupid. But the way that they played it off was so sexy. And um, I love the his, historical perspective of vampires. I mean, the, the history part of it really is what included me in, but also like where they're going towards and where they wanted to go towards and, and how they made the show and, and how they, it was inclusive. Your character was a very cool character. It was awesome. Um, awesome inclusion. So I, I suggest you watch the show. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny. There was a big stretch of time in my life where I, I mean, I just didn't, I was, I didn't watch TV. There was a point where right. I didn't have television. Right. And then it was, and I was, you know, again, I don't want to be a thing that like, you know, kind of pre DVRs and whatever. So I definitely am much more a connoisseur now. Right. And again, right. getting married and then having a kid and being home more, but in those, right. in those olden days, I mean, I was out performing at night and then right. hustling for my next job. And I mean, in the olden, like waiting tables, like that, that person is so busy hustling, right. they're just not watching anything. Do, do you like, feel like that? Friends either. Do you feel like that's what happened to you is that you were so busy hustling throughout your, your, your younger years that once you were a consistent worker, consistent actress working on all these things, that you just didn't have, you, you either didn't have time or didn't have any patience to rewatch all these things? Um, I think it was time, really. I mean, when I, again, we haven't gotten there yet, but, you know, for, yeah. the, last, for the last five years, basically, yeah. I worked with the company that I worked with, Sean Piccinino, yeah. and I produced eight films in right. basically five years and wrote two of them. Like, that person is working right. 12 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 right. days a year. Like, your job right. is never done. You know, the yeah. shooting is... That, you know, there's the writing portion, then there's the prep portion, then there's the shooting portion. And for my taste, now that I've done it so much, like, right. and then the work begins. Because for the right. next year, as a producer, you're, you're watching every edit, you're picking every song, you're at the sound mix, like raising that baby to get ready to go out into the world. So, sure. And we were doing we were doing like four a year, like 2017. So again, like I now in COVID, I've watched more television films, caught up on things, like just, you know, I did a movie in Kentucky and it was snowing right. in November. And right. I spent an entire day locked in my hotel room. Just it's like God, it's like God sent us to our room and said, you know, do your homework. 
<laughs> I think so. So it's not yeah. so much that like, oh, I didn't have the patience. I just, I don't think I had the time. Time, yeah. You know, I, I, I honor people that have their favorite shows and like that watch yeah. the shit I've been on. Like, thank you. I, I think I've, I think I've watched, I think I've watched you more than you've watched yourself on your shows. I, I'm guaranteed if you've seen, if you've seen some of it, I haven't seen most of it. I saw you in Mad TV. I saw you on that '70s show, and I saw you on uh, on 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 True Blood. Uh, so I saw you on all three shows. That's why when I saw you on on uh, Roped and on on on. Uh, uh, on uh, well, we'll talk about those movies later on. When I saw you on, on those right. on those films, I recognized you immediately. Now we have a caller oh. waiting waiting to speak to you, but before we oh, get gosh. to that, all right. Sorry. yeah, before before we get to that, let, let's talk about Jesse, because I'm a, oh, my <laughs> you, God. You're, you're literally like the nineteenth person I've spoke to in the past month that has been on Jesse. So, <laughs> but you, you've actually had a lot more screen time than a lot of them. So tell me about your experience on that show because it was it's a great show. Thank you. I would say in a, in a completely different way than that 70s show, that show totally changed my life because I, I mean, again, I was on it from the beginning and I was, an, you know, the mom, I was the like an right. iconic character, even though I only did, I don't know, six or eight episodes. Disney re-aired one of those episodes every single day. So I was on the Disney Channel every day for four years. And it was the Disney Channel's number one show for four years. And my child at the time, my kid, was basically like in the same age as those kids. So like in third grade, wow, I could not go to that elementary school without causing a Beatles level tiz fire. <laughs> she was pushed she was pushed out of the way and asked to take pictures with me and other people. Like there was a point when she had a um like a glee concert at her school. I had to wait wow. in the car, slip in the back. And then if I was found, it was basically like my husband and another person like making a line so we could take photos. It was so it's different because it, that 70s show, it was like magazines and bikini shoots. This was right. in real life kids, right. kids stalking me in the mall and wow. coming up to me and like, where is Suri and where is Emma and where is Bobby? <laughs> and like, oh, this is a p- pretend show. And then right at the time when it was kind of waning in America, it launched in Europe, right. my husband and I were in Rome on a like sexy grown-up vacation right. and got kicked out of the Vatican because a traveling school group came Get out of here. and ran to, and created such a commotion that the Vatican police had to have us escor- escorted out. Wow. So it's like... And then... Sad, sad, very, 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 very sad. I think it was about a year ago now, almost yeah. a year ago, one of the kids from that 70s show passed away, Diddley. He did, yeah. And, and so what was kind of beginning to die down in terms of hysteria-level fandom yeah. 
my Instagram feed is, I mean, I am probably tagged 50 times a day by I'm sad, where's Cameron, I miss Cam. Wow. Like, and I try to make a point of going and liking every one of those, like just to spread a little tiny bit. Do, 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 do you feel obligated to like, just to like their stuff? I mean, it's such a, yeah. I mean, it wasn't your issue. I mean, it wasn't your problem. I mean, it's, this, no, it's just children. so it's, sad. It's a weird, no, and it's just, it's the strangeness of, it's the strangeness of that show. Yeah. And being the mother, now I have an entire generation, and it's global, yeah. not just the U.S., of kids who think I'm the mom. Right. You know, it's like, You're... what What did Mrs. Brady do for the rest yeah. of the world? She was everyone. Oh, my God. Them. I didn't even put that together. You're forever going to be Mrs. Brady. Wow. I am. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. Jesse <laughs> is like the Brady Bunch for our age. So, Oops. yeah, I'm, I'm Mrs. Garrett. I'm Mrs. Brady. Yeah. I'm Mrs. Partridge. I see what you're saying now. I see, I see completely what you're saying. You know, it, you've always wanted to – you've always said that you've always wanted to be part of a family <laughs> and, and inclusive and mm-hmm. the show that brought you in. And Jesse did do that for you. Jesse did that. It did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And how how does it feel now? I mean, I, I know that I know that it's a bit of a bummer, but how how does it feel being that iconic person? Uh, I mean, I I feel like I have a responsibility to it. You know, I mean, I I think it's. I mean, I don't know if I'm. I need to, but like, I think long and hard before I post something on Instagram because I don't feel like given who I know follows me, like I am not, I can't just go on some political rant. I mean, I, I, yes, not that I can't, I could, but why put that negativity? If you've got a bunch of kids looking to you to inspire them and keep it clean and give them positivity and like introduce like, happy stuff you I mean I could like oh here's a here's a nude here's a selfie here's some (laughs) rant about how much I hate Donald Trump like I can but you could not I mean I could but I feel like that's a pretty socially irresponsible thing to do I think it's pretty dark I'll be honest with you it's pretty dark dark? I think it would be pretty dark to do something like that to put a nude yeah, right? because like, you, but yeah, because you do have a responsibility, you, you know, it, it, you do have a responsibility and that would, that would destroy a lot of people's images. It, it would, it would destroy a lot of people's childhoods. Uh, you know, you'd be like the star Wars that wasn't good for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's like, the, yeah, I mean, I just look to my own childhood. So yeah, it's like, it's Mrs. Brady. Yeah. Or yes. Is, well, that wouldn't be a big deal, you know, but yeah. Yeah, but if you're a little kid, that is, it's very frightening. Growing yeah. up behaviors can be seen. It know, is. Yes. You're right. You know, when, 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 some when, when, but like, yeah, when, when some know. of the kids said that they had like a, like a crush, like on the mother and what have you, that, that did creep me out. You know, it, it did make me feel really weird. I'm like, whoa, like, shut up, dude. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think, but I just, 
I just think, yeah, I mean, I just think there's a social responsibility. And again, where I thought it had waned and I was like, okay, that chapter's kind of over. Cameron's passing just made it. Yeah. Hot. I mean, I, I think I gained 25,000 Instagram followers in one weekend. Well, Cameron's passing was heartbreaking for a, for me and for a lot of people. It was yeah. very weird and, and for, even for such a young person, it, it really caught yeah, it a lot very... of people off guard. No, and he was really, I mean, you talk about special. Yeah. He was extremely special. You yeah. know, you're not supposed to pick a favorite kid, but. Um, yeah, I know. He was kind. He was personable. His family, just delightful humans. They're they're giving, they're caring. He was super, super talented. And he went on, you know, to continue to have hit shows and hit movies and hit. So, and I, I, so yeah, I think it was really sweet, sweet Prince. And not that losing any child star is going to feel good. It just stung was extra, extra piercing. Yeah. I, I think it stung a lot of people to see to see a person like like him uh, be gone. I, I think it really it really hurt a lot of people's feelings. And I, I really do respect your 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 attitude towards uh, you know you know keeping things clean and, and keeping things you know straight on the road and respecting a character uh, a great deal because you know you've been giving such a great responsibility. On a lot of levels. I mean, on a lot of levels, because you've been on a lot of shows that everybody loves and everybody respects. But this, this being the mother and what have you, I mean, that, that, that really, it really can hurt people's feelings if you, yeah. uh, if you go a different direction. Okay, which we, we, I think we've talked enough about this. So let's bring on our guest right here and let's, let's talk, let's, let's keep on moving on here. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, great. Let's do it. All right, who, we, who do we got here? Let me see. Uh, do, 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 do. Who do we who do we have here uh, on Central Files Radio? <laughs> Are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just a really big fan of uh, the Lady Boss. Oh. On, uh, on- <laughs> <laughs> like working together we're about to talk about your your new movies we're about to talk about your new careers together your your new um your new uh companies that you're working for her writing career or producing and what have you because she's produced a lot of the movies that you that you've been directing oh yeah how is she how is she how is she like is it go ahead Uh, i'll tell you what she is one of those people that uh she has like a magic ability to get things done so when you're when you're somebody somebody in the the position that I'm in and the responsibilities that I have to take on as a director, uh, you know, there's there's just certain things that need to happen and need to get done. And when I can't get them done, <laughs> she'd see me coming too. She knew. It's the second I'm walking towards her, there's something some hurdle she's going to have to help me uh, uh, overcome. And the funniest <laughs> thing was is within minutes. 
Within minutes, Steve, the problem is fixed. Where it could have taken me a day and a half trying to figure it out, and then I finally break down. I'm like, oh, lady boss, I need your help. Within minutes, it's done. Just like, wow. So I was kind of, uh, uh, to be honest with you, just kind of in awe of, of Christine and, and her persona and her presence and, uh, uh, you know, as a producer. I mean, I obviously already respected her greatly before I ever met her with the acting stuff, but I didn't understand right. how smart she is and how intelligent she is in, in uh, you know, crafting these projects from start to finish. And when I say start to finish, uh, I don't mean when we stop rolling the camera. She's right. when he sees it to the finish line. But honestly, for for almost all of the movies I did, she was the one getting it across the finish line to delivery to Netflix. You know what nice. I mean? Like, oh, so she's delivering it. She's the one delivering it. Like literally driving it. Well, tell me how you two first met. How did you two first meet? You want me to do oh, it? Or God. It's the red. It's the red room, right, Sean? Was it the red room? The, the horrible red room. So we had an actor in one of our films. His name is Shane Graham. And he was on a project shooting some pieces in L.A. And yeah. he invited the, another director who I work with named Alex and a producer named Tadil. And he was like, you guys should come visit me on set. The director is like so totally somebody that would vibe with your company. Right. And so Hadil and Alex went and then Hadil came and she was like, oh, my God, this guy, Sean Piccinino, like you're never going to. He had like, you know, 85 people and a like a giant airplane and a fit and like it was all just like moving and it was awesome. And he was bubbly and he had a sparkly energy. And then Sean came in to meet with us about another project. And I, I just feel like and then there you went and then two years later and four movies later and 85,000 hours later, like I, now we're on the phone. Like I don't, it just kind of feels like it, that's, it just tumbled and tumbled and tumbled and tumbled into more, 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 more. And, and now don't, don't, you, don't you find that those are the best relationships, the ones that, that just start off with love and next thing you know, you're in a relationship for five years. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I remember going into Warner Brothers. That's the red room she's talking about. Um, right. Yeah, yeah went, went went to Warner Brothers to meet with uh, with herself and and Ali Afshar, uh, uh, the head of uh, ESX, and and uh, they had this project and um, uh, called American Fighter. And it was just in you know obviously it was just a concept at at that point. And, right. Uh, they kind of they gave me the pitch and I was like this sounds really cool and they gave me American Wrestler to watch and I watched. Well, it. to our to our audience, let, let them remind them that American Fighter is a sequel to another film, right? Yeah. It, yes, it's kind of a, a spiritual sequel. It's not necessary. Okay. I mean, I guess it a is, spiritual but it's sequel. Not yeah. Like, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, it is a sequel. Technically, it's a sequel, but it kind of yeah. lives on its own as well. Uh, right. Where the right. first movie really was a biopic. In in, uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, of Alan's life, this one kind of gets be, into a little bit more fantasy. Before you go on, tell tell us about the great actors that are in in that movie. I mean, you have some great actors that are in that film. Oh yeah, well George Costros uh, uh, is the the lead in that. We have uh, um, Tommy Flanagan, of course. From, like, Tommy Flanagan. Wow. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, we love him. Christine, I know, loves him. She worked with him in, in uh, other projects as well. 
Um, he's just amazing, amazing. I love, just love his work. I love. Yeah, since since he was in Braveheart, I've been in love with him. Oh yeah, yeah. He just brings that sincere intensity. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't feel like it's overdone. Right. Know? And and he can make you, he can put fear in you without like yelling or screaming. Like I always right. find that fascinating when somebody is just they have that presence. Especially, and of course, in real life, he's the sweetest, nicest guy. Uh, he was great in he, he was he was great in Pinky Blinders, and he played he played a bit of a bastard oh, in that show. He was great in Pinky Blinders. And and you have him on Westworld now. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then we have, of course, Sean Patrick Flannery. Um, yep. Who you know, Boondock Saints and and. No, he's fine. Don't forget that he was young, young Indiana Jones. By the way, young Indiana Jones. <laughs> don't forget about that one, please, God. Don't yeah. forget about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, one of my favorites, and I think you and I talked about this before, Steve, was was Pilot, yeah. which of yeah. course, that movie was surrounded in some controversy, but right. his performance in that is just freaking phenomenal. It was I mean, brilliant. Brilliant. Can't fault him on that performance, man. No, no way. But, um, so, I mean, yeah, they're just amazing actors. We had Brian Craig on there as well. He's just brilliant young actor. He was just on Great. that Grand Hotel show. Valor, uh, you know, him and George were fantastic together in the, you know, playing the, the two buds kind of going through this world. And, uh, yeah. and um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, just nothing but love for the cast. Allison Page, so amazing to work with. She's got a movie out right now with the same company, Bennett's War. Uh, yeah. That, that released at the same time. We have four movies yeah. released from the same company on the same day, which is just like crazy media blitz, you know? Um, now, Cor- so now Corsine, you, you, you produced Bennett's War, did you not? I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> am, I, am I watching everything you're in and watching everything you're doing? What, what, what is up with you? Thanks a lot for just taking over my life for the past six months. <laughs> it is, no, it, it, is, it is quite honestly like an embarrassment of riches, I will say. Like, this has been, you know, there's a lot of work in, that this represents. I had somebody write me on Facebook that was like, where did you find the time, another film? And it's like, that's right. what ends up happening to actors, directors, producers, you know, Sean and I have been cooking, and we've yeah. been in the kitchen and in the oven since 2016. So, you know, the fact that four come out on the same day in Netflix, it's like, yeah, I look like I'm choking you. It's just like, yeah, an embarrassment of riches. Like, there's just so much to choose from, but it's all it's all representative of a lot of years of. You know, sure. Of investment, hard, hard, work. hard work, you know, you know, like sacrificing your life for other people. I understand what you're going yeah, through. People, people don't even realize the, the amount of work that goes into it. Christine and I, and he, Christine, even more than me, like I said, was in the post houses, you know, with the ADR <laughs> sessions and with the, the sound mixes and the score and all that stuff. People I really don't think, I know you do because you, you work in this business, but, uh, you know, the average person who, who doesn't work in this business really does not understand. It is, like, if you calculate the amount of time you put into these projects, you, we're all working for, like, minimum wage. <laughs> like, yeah. At, at I don't depth, even, you know? yeah, I'm not sure if it's minimum wage, Sean, because, I mean, if you're down to, like, 50 <laughs> cents an hour, <laughs> it really, it really is more like, like it's, it's, you know, I'm not complaining. We're, we're, or something. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing what we love, so it's like, you know, 
don't complain about it. Well, at least to anybody who's listening. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it is so much – it's an astronomical amount of work. Um, and it's not just editing it and it's done. You know, like I mentioned, you've got to go get the ADR sessions. You've got to do the sound mix. You've got to do the score. You've got to do the sound design. You've got to do all these different pieces and elements that make up a film. And that's why I think, you know, again, like I said, I'm just in awe of watching Christine work. And, uh, and hey, Sean, I, Sean I, I, before, I, before you keep on going, I need you to fix your audio. Your, your audio is all over the place right now. I, I, I need a little more. Yeah. <laughs> I need a little more. Because what you're seeing is awesome stuff. And I, I, wanted, I just want to hear it a little clearer. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I might not be in the best place for for. No, I hear it now. I hear you now. No, please tell me. Tell me how great of a producer she is because she's. I mean, she she is she's a slammer, isn't she? I mean, she works at, at the beginning to the end. ADR is what you said. I don't, know, I don't know the right word. You know, you know like the 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 triple throat. Like, what's, you know, what is the what is the right word for like uh, a ten time threat? We call her, we call people like that. We call people like a, a triple threat, you know, where, where, where they just do everything. They they yeah, they make yeah. the movie, they produce the movie, they 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 write the movie, they they bring the movie, they do everything to that film. Yeah, yeah. Well, to go back, Steve, to like the very beginning of our phone call. Um, yeah. You know, you had said like we'd said that you know my kid Emma and you are kind of hardwired for this like privacy, self-isolation. Sure. I think, and I said, like, this is not my jam. I think the thing, and I've said it many times, like, the thing I miss the most is all of that collaboration. Hmm. It's the thing that keeps me going. You know, I mean, I'm, yes, like, thank you, Sean. You're very kind, but it is, like, yeah, I might be the one there, but, you know, there's a sound mixer. So it's like, well, who's that person? And what's their take? And what's their expertise? And I'm going to just watch them make magic. And, you know, what Sean hasn't said about himself is he does VFX. And that's the that's one right. area that I've decided, like, I, I can care about a lot of things, but I don't, I can't learn that too. But, right. you know, like, there, it's that deliciousness of, we are better than the sum of our parts when right. that gets together and there's collaboration and it does, that is the thing that I'm missing being, you know, isolated. It's the thing I can't wait to get back to right. because that, that interaction fuels me. I mean, I appreciate the compliment Sean said like, Oh, you're just going to go get something done, but it's because, I'm fueled by Sean's enthusiasm. Well, let me ask you a question, Christine. Something. He's created yeah. something. I'm going to go help him make that happen because <laughs> it wasn't something I had in my head that's going to make the film better. Right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, Christine. You know, I mean, Sean is, like you said, he's good with VFX, but he's, he's an editor. He's a writer. He's a director. He works in, you know, he works in all these fields. What is it like producing somebody that is, used to being in charge of all these fields. It's great. I mean, I think that's why, you know, and then cut to five years later, we've spent a million hours up each other's ass. Like, I think that's, I mean, in my mind. You really don't, you really don't, you really don't edit yourself, do you? You just go right for it. No, and I've actually been pretty tame. Um, But no, I think that in my mind, 
that is the absolute secret sauce of independent filmmaking. Yeah. There's not enough there's not enough money, there's not enough time for anyone to be precious. Yeah. And really Obviously outside not. of some No, I mean outside of some really talented actors, there's also no room for you to be singularly talented. Right. There's, oh, <laughs> wow. Got, no, I get that. Time for that. I'm hearing that. Hair and ma- you know, hair and makeup and wardrobe. I mean, the number right. of people that like pitch in and help and, oh, now Sean's running the camera and then he's got a drone and then the other guy, Alex, is coming in taking still photos and then, oh, that guy used to be an actor, but now he's going to produce with us. And then, oh, like you have to, you just have it's to pitch just, in. And, yeah. and that's how yeah, it this gets is done. A- definitely a ton of hats type of production. Like everybody is so multi, multi talented and multitasking. Cause it's the only way to produce what we're doing. And I'm not saying they're the best movies ever made or whatever, but they are made with a lot of love, and there's right. a, lot of time, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears. And I think that's why I get like, I get upset when movies, even the big ones, even, even the blockbusters, when they get immediately trashed, uh, out there by critics mm. or you know online trolls right. because I right. know like the amount of work we put in to these level of movies. Can you imagine the three years, one thousand people that were all involved with that movie? Like, hey, it's not the perfect movie, but let's how about we give it a shot before you're giving it an mm. F on Rotten Tomatoes before it's released? Mm. How about you let all the that years of work. And, and these people didn't set out to make a bad movie. They tried to right. make something. They tried to make something great, and maybe it fails, maybe it doesn't. But uh, we just live in this hypercritical world where, you know, they they've trashed they trashed movies before they right. ever even hit the the cinema or the the, the DVD shelves or the. the I agree. Movies. So, you know, uh, it's just you know, you know, be, before. Things, but, Anyway. Before before we go, let, let, let's you know because we don't have an extraordinary amount of time left. But let, let's talk about two movies that that I saw that came out on Netflix. The first one, let's talk about Lady Driver. What was Lady oh, Driver yay! like for you? What was the picture like for you? What was it like being the mother? What was it like directing the film? What was it like? What was that experience like? Give us a, give us give us your answer. Uh, well, I don't want well, to take I, up Christine's time. This is her show. This is her. Thing. No, I understand. I understand, but you guys are you you guys are together. I, I want you. I want you guys to share the experience together as you're as you're together right now. Let <laughs> let Christine go. So Christine, I, you go first. I'll chime in later. Yeah, I mean, my Christine. take is that every film, every project, every TV show, every film takes on its own personality, and it usually is based on the script, right? Like right. Ropes, which we're not talking about, is a romance. And I swear to God, every Instagram post, like, love my crew, love my cast, love balls, love my director, love, love, because it was a romance. And right. Lady Driver was shot in a, it was a lot colder. We had to do some night shoots. Right. We had a very unfortunate death on the set on day three. Okay. We, there, the, the, the movie, and it, this was just someone who had his own health problems. I just want to, you know, be clear. I understand. Anyway, it, it created a lot of strife. We were a family. It was our fourth film in that calendar year. 
and the movie is about family and it is about right it it didn't it didn't feel like a love story yeah it it felt felt more like a family story it's a family story so to me the way that i describe lady driver is i i mean i give credit to everyone who worked on it i give credit to sean but honestly grace van dean and her like sparkle and her zest and her like life pulled everyone through that project. It was the right. hardest movie to give birth to, and right. and once it was done and we watched the footage. Why do you, what do you, why do you say that? Her, why do you say that it was a difficult movie to, to produce or to be to birth? Because it was cold, because we had night shoots, because we had a death on day three. Like, it was external things that made it kind of a a difficult shoot. Right. And it was was Grace and her energy and her sprightliness. I mean, she melted Sean Patrick Flannery. She had him wrapped around her finger. Right. But then once we got to post, it was the easiest film we've ever posted because the footage was flawless and perfect and she was so likable that it was like so it's funny I mean some of them are like really easy shoots and then like a difficult bitch to post some of them like that one for me was a very meaningful very emotionally challenging delicious shoot I would just never categorize it as easy Right. No, no. Am was, I am I making it was, shit up? Sean. No, it was. It was. Oh, I might be on mute. Oh, no, I'm not. No, you're not on mute. mute. You're, no, you're you're not on okay. mute. Um. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh. Like she said, it was. It was cold, and then there was rain. We had mud at the track that made it almost impossible mm-hmm. to get. Like so, there was technical issues. Uh, uh, you know, things like that that did make it for like uh, very strenuous in that way. Obviously, the performances and the people was a joy to work with, but the but the unfortunate uh, loss of Brian uh, was so tragic that that was super heavy yeah. on us. We didn't know when we should come back because we stopped filming that day. We didn't know if we should when we should come back, um, and you know it was kind of that whole thing of 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 uh, on hold we were on hold for a little bit uh like waiting right. to figure out when is the appropriate so there's those things and then of course at the end you see it's dedicated to his memory um right. in the credits uh it's dedicated to him and he was a friend of the production he was uh our producer alan afshar is one of his closest friends and he just helped out in any way that he could on the set i mean i don't even know if he had an official title he just was there i mean i'm sure he did but he was just a he was no, he was a guy, yeah, you know. jack of all trades, man of all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so man he, of all he deeds, had some yeah. health issues, and and those health issues just decided to take him, uh, you know, at that time uh, while he was with us. But but yeah. of course, you know, uh, knowing him and, and his, everybody that knew him said that's where he would want to be, you know, and and was, yeah. was working on these films, and so that's why it was dedicated to him. But are, uh, are you are, are you are you both? Ha- are you both happy with the way that uh, that it, it showed up on Netflix and the way people responded to uh, Lady Driver? Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I I love it. I think it is. I think it's a it's pure of heart. It's pure of intention. I think there's not a false beat to be had. I think the the actors come off looking like 
movie stars. I mean, Grace Van Dien. I talked about Dax Shepard. When you saw A Star Be Born, that's Grace Van Dien. Oh, that's, those are heavy words, but I'm going to take it. That's, I believe it with all my heart. I, I wow. Okay. Okay. Star. Yeah, she, she is. That's what we've been saying. You know, I've been saying it for, for a long time. Of course, we've been friends and working nice. with Casper. Um, you know, he's, of course, always championing her. And, and uh, you know, when, when her name got thrown into the hat, I was like, we have to cast her. Like, I was right. like that, like, right then and there. Like, you know, just knowing the story and how the script was developing uh, it was basically that. It was like, it has to be her. It, it hey, hey Sean, you, you were when we, inter- we when we interviewed her on on my show. <laughs> that yeah. was that was a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, she's in your movie, man. That was incredible. Now, let's talk a little bit about Roped here. So, so Roped oh. is, is Roped is a romance film. By the way, Tim McGraw's song at the very end that is one of my top five country western songs on the planet Earth. So, so I'm what so was? I'm glad you said that. I thought uh, for that song, I like twisted my. Oh, uh, God bless my you. Song. The the cowboy in yeah. me is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, you'll you'll never not see me cry when I hear that song. You'll never not see me cry when I hear that song. It, it is a crier song. It is a great, great song. So tell me about that project. How did that work out for you? Well, that was, that's what I, like, that was kind of the exact opposite. It was, it was beautiful August days. We didn't have a single day that wasn't lit by God. Those two actors, <laughs> which have since fallen in love, gotten married in real life. That, that really? chemistry was, ex- yeah, that chemistry was explosive. They were, the, they're the sweetest, nicest, most like kind, pure hearted kids. They're they're grown ups now, but to me, it it seemed like a very classic film, like a very classic filming, a very classic film, classic actors, classic writing, very classic. Yeah, it's it's just it it was easy. It was easy, is how I mean. There was one the 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 calf in the river and the boy. I remember where the ad wrote. My husband wrote it, and he wrote. He was like, "Really? You've got a rain sequence with a calf and a kid." What else? A cat? What and a horse? Like, what have you done to me? <laughs> the most difficult shoot day I've still had today. I've had some really difficult shoots in general, but it was and with way you know I, I, on salvage marines we had you know whatever it was fifty extras and people running across spaceships blowing up mm-hmm. like that was difficult in itself, but that did not. Or sand dunes. Sorry, we shot in sand dunes with, with all these extras. And try and run with a camera and a gimbal and sand and all. Oh my gosh, horrible. But nope, <laughs> roped when the kid, a baby cow, rain towers, a horse and a rope, <laughs> safety divers, a kid supposed to be drowning in a river. I mean, it was brutally tough. Uh, and we you only know, had about a half day to shoot. I, I, Sean, I do want to ask you a quick question. When they did rope him while he was in the river, that rope looked awfully close to his throat. Did you see that as a problem too? That looked awfully close to his. Okay, that looked awfully close to his throat. <laughs> Don't worry, it wasn't our kid actor. He was he was not in that water very much just for a couple, you know, close up shots, and then the rest okay. of the time it was a stunt double. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, that guy's gonna be killed. (laughs) Why is in that river? (laughs) Now, what what is 
What is it about that film that? And by the way, if I if I if I if I may say my piece real fast, you know, you had John Schneider in that film. Oh yes, yes. yeah. I had a crush on him. Like oh, don't even get me started because your crush doesn't even match my match my crush. Doesn't even match. Doesn't even match my crush. I was I was asking for more John Schneider. I'm at. I'm like. I'm. I'm wondering myself. Why do you not have more John Schneider on this film? (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) He was great. Bo Duke. God, he is so handsome. He also played um, you in Smallville, where he played the father. I mean, he's so brilliant as an actor to, to get him must have been a blessing yeah it, well and it's also you know you gotta every one of these films you know you're looking for the the right actor for the right role but also you know you're going iconic cowboy you're going like john schneider i mean there's oh he's iconic it's like you put you put the right person in the right spot in the right film yeah john schneider all day long john schneider yeah how, how about you sean how do you, how'd you feel about oh, having him on set? Well, I, I of course, uh, I'm old enough to have a new and Dixon Hazard and, and all of that uh, yeah. on TV. So, yeah, I was, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, one of those surreal moments, you know, and Smallville, yeah. too, of course, uh, watch them on there. But but for me, it was really the Dukes, you know. Yeah. And, uh, them Dukes, uh, them Dukes. So that was always fun, but, yeah, and but very approachable, easy to work with. Um, you know, and he, he <laughs> we've got a couple speeches that, that they don't all make the cut, but man, yeah. he could go. He could just go. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like we had one, we had one really difficult scene where, where uh, we had to cut down because he just, he had so much stuff that he could bring out and, and yeah. say, <laughs> like the scene would have been 15 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was just, but he just has that in him. Obviously he's such a pro. That, yeah, uh, he can make stuff up and just continue going on, and, and he's not going to stop <laughs> if you don't yell cut. You know really? I, mean? and, and I, just want, I want to see how far this would go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to cut. I want to see. And then, the, you know, of course, the AD's going, Sean, we, we need to stop. <laughs> well, Sean, before we before we let you go, because we need to let you go now. But you know, what is, what is, what is what are you looking forward to next? Working with Christine. You guys, you guys have next project working on together. What, what do you guys have next? Not, not officially, but we we uh, are constantly talking and scripts and developing uh, stuff. So we're trying to figure out whatever that next project is going to be. Um, and I'm feeding those scripts. She's sending me stuff. You know what I mean? We're trying to figure that out. So uh, you don't have to ask me yeah. twice to work with her again. You know what I mean? It's a, it's just a yes. <laughs> Same thing. You know, I mean, I think that something like for the listeners too, you know, the, this, the COVID and the coronavirus, like I do, I do think that, you know, Hollywood is on a, a, on ice right now. And so we're all, we're all very much laying in wait and very curious. I mean, our industry is dependent on human interaction. We have right. to be together. And I think we're all very curious how we can do it safely and what kinds of, and then what's the appetite going to be? You know, I find that like, 
I've, I've, I know there's people who have done a deep dive on contagion and, uh, and I'm like, I don't want any of that. Like, please just yeah. entertain me. Just keep it right. light, keep it sweet. Right. And I think that's part of the success right now of Netflix and the, the fortuitous timing of our movies coming out with I agree family fare. You know, I think, so I'm very curious, like what the appetite is, what, you know, how we all pivot, what we all do next, I think is, we're all just kind of listening and, you know, you want to, you want to pay attention to the sensitivities and pay attention to the new proclivities. And, and again, like I said before, you adjust, stay, stay flexible, stay nimble. Well, Sean, it was great having you on the show. We need to go now, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, I'm sorry if I took up too oh, much of Christine. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take up her time. But uh, no, no, no. I, I love being here and just wanted to call in and support and uh, you know let everybody know how awesome she is. Thank you for so Aww, much for being on the show you, today. Sean. Thank you, my friend. All right, we're gonna give you a little. Cla- we're gonna give you a clap out here. There you go. <laughs> Have a great weekend, my friend. All right. Christine, please, you know, if you were going to talk to any young person today coming into our world and talking about film and what have you, and they want to be just like us, you know, in film, writing, directing, producing, what kind of advice? I mean, you, you did say something earlier, but what kind of advice would you give them? Ooh, ooh. Um, well, to the writers, I would say write what you know and trust your voice. I, I heard Sue Monk Kid on a podcast this last week, and she said that there's a beautiful convergence where when you are the most vulnerable and the closest to your truth, you somehow hit the most universal tethers at that exact point because I think that for all of us you know whatever it is if it's a dad issue if it's a family thing if it's children if it's comedy when you're being your most vulnerable and you're sharing what is your perspective and your truth you people will gravitate towards that so I I never subscribe like you know write the thing that you think they're going to want no write the thing that you're compelled to say because the, the, your audience will find you, and they will, they will actually really respond to that kind of honesty and purity of voice. I want you to do me a favor. Just, just, just yeah. one favor, please. And I want you to cut the baloney, and I want you to tell me why do people want to spend 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day with you? Just tell me, man. Just tell you because you give a shit. I really give a shit. I really do. If I, if I'm, if I'm, if I care, if I'm involved, like I won't stop. I will do anything to make it happen. Right. I'm not, I'm not a phone in kind of gal. Right. You're all in. I'm all in. I'm all in and I'm pretty tireless. (laughs) Like, so (laughs) I'll go, I'll go. You want to go? Let's go. I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll keep going. I'll go find the thing. I will help. I will like, 
And I think I'm, and I also feel like as one of the things I, I didn't start off being super great at, but by the time I was on my ACE film, I'm very, uh, I'm a very supportive leader. I find that like walking around like, Hey, do you have everything you need? Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, Mm. can I help you with anything? That is my mission as a producer. Definitely. Honestly, you're a great, you're a great producer. You care about your team. You care about their health. You care about what they're what they're going through. You care about what they what, what they need to do. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, I really do. I really do. And for us, I mean, you know, in our company for those eight films, I would say ninety percent of the crew was the same every single time. So these people became my family. It's exactly right. what I wanted. Right. Right. I I watched them grow from twenty. You got you to you got what you wanted. Engaged. I did. I really Look at did. you. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you. for you. You've got so many great things going on right now. You know, I, I couldn't be prouder and happier for anybody in my life. You, you, you've done some great work. You've done a great job. You finally got to the place where you were happy. And now you can just not sit back, but now you can just really just work and get things done. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. I'm so happy thank for you. you. You know, for our audience here, they, they want to reach out to you. And thank you so much for joining us today. You, we, we've been blessed for you to be part of this show today. And thank you for reaching back to me when I, when I, when I emailed you. Um, how can people, you know, watch your things, uh, be in touch with you, just watch your, watch your uh, Instagram? What, what, what kind of sources do you have? Um, I, Instagram is the easiest way, um, at Lady Christina Moore, um, on Instagram. I do very much try to spend time at least once a week, like on, you know, private messages and, you know, interacting with people. Um, the movies right now are on Netflix. So it's yes. very easy to go find them that, that I'm very proud of. Roped um, and Lady Driver. Yeah. Roped and Lady Driver and Bennett's War. If you are and Bennett's War. Bennett's War, yeah. Bennett's War is a uh, motocross movie. A, a, a veteran comes back and uh, rehabilitates and finds his finds his next chapter on the motocross track. And it's That's right. in, again like a true story. So like right. love that. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Instagram. What are you looking? What are you looking forward to in, in your future? What, what do you? What are you aspiring to after this is done? What are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Honestly, yeah. I'm looking forward to being back with my with my people and, you know, and and broadening the scope, you know, new people, new projects. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I'm looking forward to the safety of the planet. I just really want good leadership to help us get right. out of this yeah. so that we can all feel, you know, I mean, I think I'm my personally, I find it a little difficult to be supremely creative during this time. I mean, I think there's just, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknowns. Sure. That is, 
that makes it difficult, I think, sometimes to, like, dream the next dream because it's kind of like, when can I do that? Um, So I look forward to the day when, you know, some of the reopenings and the world kind of finding its new footing and then then put me in, Coach. I'm ready to go. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show today. I mean, like I said before, you bless us with your presence, and I've loved everything you've been part of. I've watched almost every single show you've been part of. I've watched every single movie that you've done, including Bennett's War, and uh, I'm very proud of you. I don't don't know if I'm anybody who can be proud of you, but I am very (laughs) proud of you and, 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 and very happy for you, for your successes and for the things that you've done. And I, I only hope the more better and greater things for you. Oh, thank you. Me too. And hey, you girl. as well. There's, there's more than enough to go around. That's the other thing I would say to young people. This is not, there's, it's not like one pie and you only get a piece. There's pieces for everybody. And the more the merrier. You're always welcome. Tom, thank you so. girl okay we're gonna give you a clap out here as our show is ending thank you there you go <laughs> give you a clap out there you go have yourself a great weekend thank you so much for being on the show today thank you all right have a great day bye-bye what a great person she shared with us a lot of a lot of the true knowledge that you have in today's film industry from the beginning to right now from when you didn't have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and what have you, when you had six channels on your TV, she showed you how it first began. She fought up the scale and here she is today producing, writing, working on all these movies. She has two movies that just came out on Netflix, Roped, and Lady Driver. She's done a miraculous job. We're so incredibly proud and happy for her. You know, what's special about her is what she said that. She, she gives a damn. She gives a damn. She cares about her cast, her crew, the film, how it begins, how it ends. Those two people got married and roped. She cares about that. Cowboy and Me by Tim McGraw. She cared about that song being in that film. She cared about Sean Paul Piccinino, who directed those films and worked very hard on those films. She's a very special person. I've met a couple people like her, but not many. Few, not many. Thank you, Christine Moore, for being part of our show, for entertaining us, educating us, enlightening us, and again, blessing us with your presence. We got a lot out of it. We enjoyed it. It taught us a great deal. I could have gone literally another hour longer. It would have been easy. 
You were an amazing guest. And thank you so much. Sean, thank you so much for calling in. We'll have you on pretty soon. But thank you for complimenting this episode. And to all of you out there listening, just like Christine said, it's about together, togetherness, being together. And I will say to you, loving one another, if there was ever a time for you to forgive yourself and forgive other people, it's right now. Forgive yourself. Forgive other people. Let it go. Reach out to people. See how they're doing. See if they're okay. Make amends. We can only get through these times together. The world that is waiting for us is only worth it together. Not alone, but together. And how else will we do that if we don't forgive ourselves and forgive each other and move forward as a family, as a big family? This is a time of reflection. Have you written that book? Have you read that book? Have you written that movie? Have you read that movie? What have you done? Reflect on your life. Come out of this as a better person. Go into this world as a better person. We're all waiting for you. And we all love you. Thank you so much for blessing me with this show. Blessing me with the ability to talk to all of you. Our national and international fans, I appreciate you. Today's guest was Christine Moore. We love her. And I love you all. This has been Cinema Files Radio. And I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you all for listening. God bless. Be well. <laughs>